Welcome to church. Yeah. Hey, amen. In this, in this atmosphere of worship, we're just going to uh, move into the offering. So if the uh, ushers, are they called ushers, want to come and, and we'll just take up the offering. But like I said, you know, in a spirit of gratitude, we are so grateful, so grateful that He gave His only begotten Son, that He loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. So we are here as a result of His sacrifice and we are so grateful. You know, it's our first love. It's our first love, a love that He died for us. Amen. So we, we give in gratitude this morning. We give as, a, as an act of worship, as an act of gratitude. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, just um, yeah, a special uh, welcome from uh, Pastors Dave and Kate. Man, if you're following them on um, Facebook, you know where they've been. They're, you know, they're walking where Jesus walked. They are, they are um, going where um, miracles have happened. You know, we read about it, but, but it's not until, obviously, you go there and you see you see faith in action or you see where it happened. I know, I know being Māori, when you go home, when you go to where you're from and you experience what, what, what your old people have done for you, it brings a sense of purpose, it brings a sense of identity. So for pastors Dave and Kate over there in Israel, experience what Jesus did and, and how he did it. Man, I tell you, there'll be a sense of purpose and a sense of identity. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Sure. Hallelujah. Father, oh, I better pray for the old offering. Holy Ghost, thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord God. Lord God, for the, for the tithing offering. Thank you, Lord God, that people have given out of a, a gratitude heart, a heart full of gratitude. Lord God, we pray that you that the seed that is sown, Lord God, that you would um, return it, Lord God, 30, 60, 100 fold. Father God, we pray and declare, Lord God, that you are a good God and you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And everyone in the house said, Amen. 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 Jesus. Thank you. Without further ado, he's not a guest, he's he's a son of the house, so we welcome Pastor Owen, Bookie, Bookie his wife. So they are here and he's gonna minister to us this morning. So brother, come on, come on. One more time, release the fullness of your spirit in this place. Not because we haven't um, come into the glory, but because when you're in the presence of the Most High, you just can't get enough of Him. You want Him washing over you, over your heart, over your mind, actively. The place of worship doesn't happen by accident. It's an intentional activity. And you just raise those hands. And you just lift your voice and you release the tiredness. You release the pain, hurts, hunger. You release whatever it is that, that is distracting you. And you fix your gaze on Him, on Jesus. And you welcome His move, His touch, His word. And it lifts you. It lifts you. Thank you, Jesus. Of your spirit, Shekinah glory, God. Shekinah. Yes. Thank you, mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy, worthy are you, Lord. I sense very strongly that out of this meeting, out of this meeting, people will leave with understanding. People will leave with answers, questions you've grappled with possibly all your life, things that have bothered you 
not just as a casual fleeting thing like oh well I don't know but I see shackles I see bondage breaking off in a house right now some of you might be living a good life right now but you have no idea what God has for you and I'm saying that out of this meeting you your eyes opened to see the fullness of all that God has for you I see it already I see it already attitudes you know attitudes often are like a barrier in our way and you can't push through it you can't get over it but I'm saying by the power of the Holy Ghost and his manifest presence in the house right now you are breaking through <laughs> thank you Jesus now if you believe that turn to someone and say I'm breaking through I'm breaking through say it with conviction say it because you know say it because you're sure in your heart Jesus thank you Abba Father we worship you worship you worship you worship you we love you Abba Father in Jesus name amen and amen thank you oh just give God a hand give God a hand of praise lift your voice and shout hallelujah amen 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 I'm so excited I don't know what to do myself but um, I'll just preach <laughs> thank you Jesus before I start I just want to appreciate Pastor Joy I can't remember when last we saw probably about this time last year interestingly yes Buki and I drove up from uh, Wellington this time last year there was a baptism service outside and we came to have a meeting with Pastor Apostle Mike Pastor Joy Pastors Dave and Kate just to share the things that God had put on our heart in terms of the work he would have us do in New Zealand planting a church in Wellington and and I remember very strongly that meeting I came in the room and you know said hi to Apostle Mike and we sat down to have a talk we didn't tell them what we we're coming to talk about we just said can we have a meeting with four of you <laughs> and as we got talking Apostle Mike stopped us and said look when I hugged you I heard clearly in the spirit they are going to start a church <laughs> and that's the kind of grace that covers this house and I just want to appreciate you know you for being there with us and for us all through the years and just your mother heart for the church and for everyone that knows you you can't spend a minute or two with Pastor Joy and, and not come away with a sense that you're not alone in the journey of life. She comes right in there, right beside you and is there. And I really just honor you. Honor you. Now say about Pastors Dave and Kate. Something is coming back to this house. And you need to, you need to key in with understanding. You need, to, you need to be able to, well, I would say tap. But you need to be able to, you know, press in. Get around them if you can. Get around them if you can. Be in meetings. When they call meetings after they return, if you're able to, you know, flick a text, get some time, sit with them. Just feed off of everything God is showing them because there's a move. There's a move. We've spoken about it for so long. We're currently in the midst of what I call a revival. Many people pray, oh, bring revival. We want to see revival. We want to see revival. What do you call prayer around the clock? What do you call healings, miracles happening in lives? What do you call testimonies that we hear even from afar? And we're like, wow, <laughs> God is moving here. So get in the flow. Don't kick against the tide. Get in the flow so you're carried along. Because we've not seen anything like what is coming. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. We started out in worship with that song talking about I'll raise a hallelujah in the midst of a storm. And it was like, if, if it was possible, if maybe the, if there was some CGI, you know, computer generated imaging, you would see my heart literally explode and come back together because I'm like, my God, that is the word. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. In my mind, the one person in the New Testament who got as close to displaying the physical nature of God, you would say, other than Jesus, was the Apostle Peter. Everybody talks about how that he walked on water. He did. But it wasn't just, you know, like a picnic or family barbecue. They weren't strolling down West Shore or anything. It wasn't the best of conditions. Many times you say to yourself, God, I want to serve you. I want to see you. I want to experience you. 
Come do this in my life. Use me, use me, use me. But you wait. You're waiting for the right temperature. You're waiting for the right weather. You're waiting for all your needs to be met so your mind is free. You're waiting for everything to line up so you can experience God. But guess what? They were right smack in the center of a storm like they've never seen before. These guys had walked with Jesus. They weren't, they weren't strangers to miracles or healings and things. But even those guys, with all they had seen walking with God in that moment, they all started to freak out. And Peter called out to Jesus, if that is you, command me, ask me to come to you on the water. And he said, indeed, come. He stepped out of the boat. Literally, you don't step out of something into nothing. You, you, the fact, when you say step out, it means you want to land on something solid, right? He stepped out of the boat onto the water and he was standing. Stepped out of the boat onto the water and he started to walk. So he walked on water. <laughs> yes, along the line, there was the distraction. And Bible says that he looked away from Jesus. He cast his eyes and saw the waves rising and wild. And in that moment, he started to sink. I haven't come with a feel-good message today. I'm sorry. <laughs> honest. Honest. It's a message that, yes, I'll be sharing things from God's Word that I've known and have, I've lived and I've believed for so long I can't even remember. But this message I received in a deep place of pain. I received in a deep place of testing. Literally, probably the biggest storm I've, I've had to sail through just a couple of weeks ago. And in that moment, I... Well, I'll share more about it later. But in that moment, I looked at... I was like, what is going on? And instantly in my spirit, I had clear-cut instruction. Share with the house. Teach my children. There are people aching for release in the house. And that's why that song meant so much. Not about the mountaintop, but the storm. Not about things I know, like, oh yeah, well, we've signed the contract, you know, I've, we've, the deal is done. Just 14 days and, and the millions will be in my bank account, so I'll raise a hallelujah. No. <laughs> In the midst of nothing, in the midst, literally, darkness, what, what, what is coming out of your mouth? What are you going to speak? Are you going to speak negative? Are you going to speak fear? Are you going to speak doubt? Are you going to speak life? Are you going to speak faith? I'll take you to a scripture, a, pa a passage of uh, the Bible right now. And uh, in the book of Habakkuk and chapter 3, I, I can read, doesn't it? <laughs> Get on there. Well, good thing you're on the system because people are like, have a what? <laughs> Habakkuk 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Say that again. Yet! I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy. It's one of the times you see the word joy as a verb, not a noun. A noun is what? Name of a place, animal, thing? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, but as a verb, he says, I will joy. I will physically rejoice in God in the midst of the failing herd. Bad investments. Terrible mistakes. Wrong relationships expectations cut short in the midst of that yet I will raise a hallelujah and he goes on to say he declares because you don't just say things like that it could be mere words you have to look beneath what is the foundation what are you resting on when you say because anyone can be positive there's the you know there used to be that thing by a popular preacher a couple of years ago now the power of positive thinking the power of positive thinking is Positive thinking unless you attach the power of God to it. Otherwise, you're just playing mind games. 
You're just psyching up yourself like a sportman before the race on the run and, you know, just psyching up. No, if you're not, if, if there's no foundation of faith and confidence in God, your words will fall flat on the ground. Look at verse 19. You know what? Well, not look, I'll take you through it. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet. Now, this is someone speaking in the midst of nothing, right? And he's saying, he's declaring, I know. Why will I raise a hallelujah? How am I able to shout praise and give thanks when everything is going wrong? It's because deep within, I know my God and I know that he is my strength. He will make my feet like the deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. Not high heels. <laughs> Heels, mountains. <laughs> Someone is like, oh, I knew God liked high heels. So the lady goes to the husband like, give me your card. We need to get high heels for seven days <laughs> on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. I'm sharing, just so you know, like what I'm talking about today is overcoming disappointment. Overcoming disappointment. And I had, almost you could hear it in the room, like, hmm. Because some way, somehow, somewhere, someday, you have experienced disappointment. Possibly quite disappointed in something or about something right now. So between point A, where I'm hopeful, I'm expectant, I'm waiting, I'm praying, I'm looking around for help from anywhere, and point B... Where, and I'll tell you the truth, you thought I was about to say point B, where everything is done and everything is cool, everything is smooth, your answer has come, and yes, raise a hallelujah. Sometimes that end point doesn't end with you receiving what you need or what you want, right? Remember I told you, it's not about feeling good. I'm not rubbing your back today, right? <laughs> Amen. Between point A and B, how do you stand? How do you move forward on the journey to breakthrough? When those prayers are not answered and there seems to be no light. You know, I, I, I went into a bookshop uh, sometime, like a couple of weeks ago, and I saw a book, interesting. I think it was called The Diary of Disappointments. You know how you keep a diary? <laughs> you want to journal the good stuff and you want to writing your appointments. For so, I looked at it, I was like, what? Who, who wrote that? And literally, it's called, I think, the perplexing book of disappointments. And this is what is written on the back of it. So it's like a diary, and it says, the engagement calendar and planner, or this engagement calendar and planner offers a series of disappointing twists, including weekly demotivational proverbs, <laughs> reminders of notable deaths, Contact pages for people who never call you. Space, space, get this, space for pointless doodles. And a year's worth of Monday stickers. Just a side point, if you loathe Monday, there's two, options, there's two possibilities. Either you're not in the right place doing the right thing, whether job or whatever, or you need to press through and press in daily, like just believe God. And it ends by saying, this may not be your year, but this is definitely your diary. I'm like, what? I'm like, no way. But literally a physical book sold in bookstores. What message? I don't care about the innovation or the creative, whatever went into producing that book. I'm like, no way, not in my house, not anywhere near me. Let's talk about hope, because I'd much rather have a book of hope. Some raise your Bible. This is, oh, your phone, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> this is my book of hope, hallelujah. My book of life, my book of faith. Hope is a powerful thing, but you know, hope, hope, if it stands on its own, if it's all about hope, and we did have, you know, sing about hope and all of that, but if hope has nothing attached to it, or if your hope is not linking to someone or something stronger than nature, whatever will be, will be. Life will just happen. I'll just wake up and flow through, and I, I hope everything ends well. <laughs> no, you don't want to find yourself in that place. You want your hope 
to be hanging on the all-powerful one, the faithful one, whose word is yes and amen, and with whom there's no shadow of turning, who says yes today, and it's always yes. Because hope is, and I wrote here, and I'll go through this because um, just so we fly through, and because I'm a messenger, and I have to be diligent to deliver God's heart and message. Now, hope is most naturally a thing of human faculties. It's, it's not spiritual. Anyone can hope. People out there who are, sad to say, homeless or helpless still have some hope. Someday, somehow, they just keep coming, keep waking up, keep going through, and somehow it's like, well, just I'm hoping for a better tomorrow. It's an expectation that things flow and things play out the way you want. But I'll read, and you can please take us to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Some of us might need to come out of a place of empty hope and step into a place of faith today. Faith is the only way you see God happen and move in your life. When you hope aimlessly, when you hope just willy-nilly, well, it'll be all right. I hope it turns out right. What's that? Is it French now? I probably shouldn't go there, but okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, we'll just, let's just flow. No. Hebrews and chapter 1. Now faith, Hebrews 11 rather, chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of the things we do not see. What does that mean? When you hope for something or you hope for a better tomorrow or you place, you're hoping, anxiously hoping for something, faith is the, is, the, is the conviction. Faith is the, is the evidence. Faith is the proof. Faith is the thing that translates empty hope to active belief in God. And that is what gets God moving. And stay with me in chapter 11. And we'll read, I, I believe, verse 6. Now it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when you're, when you're saying the right things, but there's no anchor, there's no connection in your heart that makes you know and believe that the only reason things are going to get better is because God is going to make it happen, then it's empty. But once you attach that conviction or that confidence in your heart that the reason I know that my boys, my sons, are going to have a good and healthy and brilliant future is not because I'm trusting in myself as a good dad. Is because I'm trusting in God's ability to take them through. And you better believe God for your children. It's not fear-mongering or any such thing, but the evils in the world today, on, well, say if you want to lock them in one room forever and just slide their meals to them and... The little kid just, next minute he's like beard, next minute he's like gray hair, and his life is in that room. If your kids are going out there to school, if your kids are going out there to sleep over, if, if your kids are going to have a natural life of any sort, you better be believing God as the one who will keep them and protect them. If you're going into a relationship here, if you're, you know, dating or courting and you intend to get married and you're dreaming of that future for your life, you better not be hoping empty. You better not be trusting in the handsome six-pack, buff, tall, you know, and just like, oh man, he's awesome. He's a sportsman too, so <laughs> he sure can deliver. <laughs> you better be walking in faith that yes, I'm seeing all the right things, and when he speaks, my word, his voice just makes me tingle and shiver. All of that, but you better be hoping in the faithfulness of God to give you the future you desire. Remember, we're talking about disappointments. Sad to say, many, 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 countless have stepped into relationships, promises of a brilliant tomorrow, greener pastures, the life of your dreams, happy forever after. Just catch up with them and ask, how's it going? Two years later, five years later, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, some are carrying deep scars of disappointment, born out of relationships that never worked. 
People who were one day angels, next day demons. People who came with promises of partnership, business, investments, or just put your money in. What we do is we, we, they, they sound you know, high-sounding, intelligent. They show you all the spreadsheets and you see all the graphs and they tell you, so right now your, your, your $10,000 is here. It's just nothing. But you see, like, in six months, it's like 150K. And you're like, You better be hoping and faith, believing rather in God to deliver the future you want. Because guess what verse 6 says? Let's go there again. Impossible leaves no negotiation. It's not sometimes your hope might please God. It says, without faith, forget about it. You can never please or satisfy God if you're not walking in faith. And guess what it says? Who comes to God must believe that he is. If you haven't come to that place where you understand, you accept and believe that God is not just creator, but savior of the world, and you want to entrust him with your life, I encourage you right now, right now, if you will ever see God answer your prayers, if you will ever see God move, you have to believe, accept that he is. That's what he told Moses. Go to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, well, okay, good. Um, you're in a fire in a bush. I'm going to the Pharaoh, king of Egypt, most powerful man, ruler in the world, and I'm going to tell him to let his slaves go. Who am I going to say sent me? And God said, tell him, I am sent me. Not I was, not I will be. Like I've always been am. <laughs> if I can put it like that. I've always been. So when I come to God, no matter the pain, no matter how hopeless the situation is, the first thing I must agree in my heart before I open my mouth to speak a word is God is and he's able. Might be the, the secret to receiving the secret to walking with God, faith. And it says he's a rewarder of those who casually seek him. Is it up there? He's a rewarder of those who stroll by and just, you know, hope he shows up. Diligently. The word diligent speaks of consistent, committed action. It's like a farmer. You don't sow seeds or, you know, birth cattle and whatever you do and, you know, go and some days you feel like getting up at 4, 5 a.m. Other days you don't. Some days you feel like feeding them other, or watering the, 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 the seed. Other days you don't. And then just hope that you get a harvest. Diligent. Day after day. Night after night, prayer after prayer, worship after worship, study, personal devotion, your fellowship with God day after day, diligently seek him and God shows up and he rewards. Thank you, Jesus. First key I have here, and it says in every area of your life, and I mean every, you need to stop putting your life in compartments. My work life. My gym life, my health, my diet, my family, and nah. Your life is one, and when you come to faith, when you accept Christ in your life, you take that whole life and you give it to him. And what I'm saying is if you will experience God, it says in every area of your life you will have a choice to make, and that is whether you will actively believe God or you just wait and see what happens. If you're going to wait and see what happens, let me see your hand. You declare right now, I'm believing God for a brighter tomorrow. I'm believing God for healing. Believing God for my children. Believing God for my health. Look, I, I will get to it, but we've seen God move. We've seen God heal in this very place. I can count countless how do you count countless? Well, just go with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> countless times that I've seen despair and not some, you know, spiritual gymnastics and jump and, you know, hang on the lights and all of that. Just simple faith and prayer, clearing leukemia from the blood. And in days, weeks later, the testimony comes, gone. Mental health. 
it's, it's one, one um, blight, as it were, in the world and on the nation and today. And it's like people are helpless. Even counselors, psychologists, clinical psychiatrists, it's everyone talks about what they know, but they're helpless because what they know doesn't always translate to a change. So mental health is one of the things where you just, you support it with medication. You support, you might go into residential place. It's like, we'll just help you through the journey, but we really don't have help. We can't do anything. We can't change your position. We've seen minds changed by the power of God. We've seen people addicted to drugs, and I mean it. I had friends who the police will show up at high school and put them in handcuffs and take them away to jail because they were dealing, doing drugs in high school. Both of them, brothers, are pastors today. Pastors. Some of the people who laid the foundations of my faith came from that background, by faith. By faith. Please. Right now, I want you to start to cook up every conviction in your heart. You're about to say something to your neighbor. <laughs> Turn to someone and look at them, you know, meaningfully, not like casual. Well, you'll be lucky if the person next to you is your partner. For the rest of you, it'll be very awkward, but <laughs> you're like, I'm walking out by faith. Tell someone, I'm walking out by faith. I'm receiving, I'm seeing God by faith. My prayers are answered. Say it. My prayers are answered. My breakthrough is here. Jesus. Someone here. There's a lady here who has um, struggled with um, to have a child. Well, not by yourself, but there's a couple who, and I mean it, I mean it, who have struggled and had disappointment after disappointment, miscarriage after miscarriage, and you've come to a place where you're beginning to consider that life without a child permanently. And as I, as I was writing, clear cut, clearly, just try again. One more time is what God says. I love you. I care for you and I want the best for you. But right now, I'm as detached from that word as possible. Why? Because it's not, I, I don't have anything to prove to you. But God, God who is, and God who is able, and God who has said, just go one more time. He's stepping up to the plate, and he will do it. He will do it. Just receive it right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm convinced in my heart, you will hold that child in your hand. You step right here, down there or up here, wherever we dedicate children in this house, and you will dedicate your child. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the book of James. And I'll just start to make to close. Not quite a signal to the worshipers yet. I know, I know. <laughs> when a preacher says that, there's one question in everyone's mind. Is he serious this time? Or, <laughs> or is there three more times to come? <laughs> James and one. I'll read from verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. When you step into a place where you receive bad news or you receive disappointing news or you, you, someone fails you or betrays your trust, the first thing you need to ask yourself, the first thing you need to ask yourself, is this the end or is this a test? Is this the end or is this a test? And that's where you go right into yourself and check in your heart, in your spirit. So when people say things like, God told me, God told me, or I have a word from God and they speak it, it's not reserved for pastors only. It's not reserved for, for preachers only. It's, it's, it's the, the inheritance that God has for every single one of his children. So if you're not going to work through life just guessing, is God moving? Or is this just life happening? Is this a test or is this the end? You need to be able to pull into a place where you hear God for yourself. And you know, the battle is not over. I'll keep pushing. What I was talking about 
A couple of years, and Buki, you, I mean, you can fight or hack me later, or you can, or you can just have mercy right now, <laughs> just, just in case I'm disappointing you right now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And in case you wondered, why, I, I, I hope um, I'll be safe after the service, but I'm about, to, I'm about to step up to husbands in the house. What is it about men and those dumbest excuses we come up with when we're in trouble? Or when you've, when you've disappointed one more time or you've done something and you're like, the, the woman looks at you and is like, where is that even coming from? <laughs> I have an answer. The book of Genesis. And they sinned. Sinned against God, ate the fruit that went men to eat. We do know the story. Eve had a conversation with the devil, and she offered her husband food. Got in trouble, and God summoned them. He says, what is this thing you have done? Guess what the first husband did? And in that moment, I believe there was the first eye roll in the history of man. And the woman was like, what? And all through time, it's, that's, that's the explanation. It's still there in the man. It's just there. Just come up with the dumbest look, dumbest excuse. You have to just forgive and move on. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we are going through a process we didn't even expect would ever, you know, not ever, but not at this time. We were looking at buying a house. And everything was stacked against us. You talk about a 20% deposit. What's that? Who knows what 20% is about? We're talking 5%. At that point, not even 5% yet. Pre-approval? Never heard of it. <laughs> yet we went to open homes and chatted up agents, you know, took all the reports and started considering making offers. End of the day, with what the market is doing, ended up pushing our budget, our faith budget, further by almost 100K. Negotiated like we had a million bucks. Got the, got, I mean, went, on, went conditional. And between going conditional and the valuation, if you can think of sinking, <laughs> sinking feeling bad news, valuation came tens of thousands off the mark. And the bank is like, well, we know you don't have a 20% deposit, just 5%, but you have to make up the difference. Almost 50K difference in cash. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we went on. And at that time, at every point in the journey, and the reason I'm saying this is because, one, it's, like I said, this message was forged in a deep storm. But to encourage someone here, all through that process, we haven't, I can't remember when last we stood actively in faith for something as much. And we had to tell ourselves at every turn where it was a no, where it was a disappointment, is this the end or do we push on? Is this the end or do we press forward? Yes, he might have gotten drunk again. But is that the end? Or is it a test? Are you still on the journey? Yes, it might not have worked. Your sixth, seventh, tenth, fifteenth relationship. And what? Is it the end? Or do you try again? So on Facebook the other day that um, a young Nigerian lady um, got the results of her bar exams. That's to become a lawyer and she had failed. And she posted something and said, well, thank you family, I'm really sorry, but this is the end for me. And of course, everyone jumped on that post and started trying to locate the girl and find her and all. But whatever disappointments you've carried in your life to this point, please ask yourself, is this the end? God doesn't end his story halfway. God, if, if a story ever ends halfway, it's because you shot the book and you walked away. It's because you gave up. You either lost faith or trust, or you lost hope in man, or humans, or you lost hope in God. 
It's easy to talk about disappointments from other people. How about when you disappoint yourself? Or when you are the disappointment? How, is it the end? Do you resign yourself to a state of nothing good can come of me? I'll just struggle through life. I'll just be a vagabond or whatever. Or do you wake up tomorrow, pull yourself together and forge into the day again? In faith, not because you're trusting in your goodness, but because you're trusting in God and His ability to bring a change about in your heart. Though the righteous fall seven times, it's never the end. Never the end. Now, you see that week from, well, not heaven, that week from somewhere not so good. <laughs> In the midst of, I literally got off the phone with the bank and, oh, the re okay, rest of the story. So, I flicked an email one morning to our lawyer we had negotiated and everything was good. We had settled, uh, not settled in the settlement way, but we landed on something and the vendor was happy with our final negotiated offer. And I flicked an email to the lawyer in the morning on the train. I was like, yes, we can confirm unconditional now. It was the last day to go unconditional. Flick the email to the vendor's lawyer, unconditional. And I got to the office and I just thought, well, um, let me just ring the bank and confirm that um, that pre-approval is still the same because we've gone through different stuff with the valuation and all. And I spoke to the lady and she was like, um, we, we didn't say you should go unconditional. I was like, what? Like, like, <laughs> had to run and leave a voice message. You never, the call is never picked up when you need. <laughs> I was like, like, this is my life, dude. You can, you can go bankrupt on top of, oh, unconditional. Where's the money? Show me the money sent an email and I was like, don't go, like, stop. <laughs> in the middle of that, I got a call from another process where I was looking to, you know, just advance in, you know, career and get, get a better opportunity, good pay, all of that, where we were really like, wow, if this works and the mortgage comes through and everything just, yes, we're good. And I got the call and disappointment. Literally five seconds or five minutes after speaking with the bank, I sat in a seat and for the first time in my life, a seat, a physical strong seat that I was sitting in felt like it had no base. I sank in my heart so deep. I don't cry easy, so I'm sure I was crying, but there was no tears. I was like, "My, what is this? God, what is this? I couldn't breathe properly. Because it's when they say the expectation, when scripture says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut short. If it's, if it's, if when they say they pull the ground from under you, I was like, what, what do I do? I'll tell you what you do. How do we deal with disappointments? Where do you turn to? When uh, proverbial, all hope is gone or lost. Remember I said you start by asking, do I resign or do I fight on? And I'll give you a cheat, yeah, spoiler. It's never the end with God. Honestly, as long as you have fight and as long as God has power, which is forever, so you can strike out that option of giving up in your life ever about anything. Don't ever give up. It's not easy, smooth words. It's the reality of life. James 1 and verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all freely and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That is, if you need anything. Yes, that passage talks about wisdom. But if you ever find yourself in a place of need, Scripture says, go to God and ask. Why? Because God gives to all, not to the good only, not to the righteous only, not to the faultless, but God gives. God gives. Why are there good and bad alive if God is not good to all? Because for those who are in faith, 
He's rejoicing over them as his children, and he will move heaven and earth for them. But for those who are yet to taste and see that God is good, he's willing to wait for you to come into faith. He gives to all without reproach. The word without reproach or the phrase, it means God doesn't give like you and I. He doesn't measure up and be like, well, last week, remember how I said I was running down on cash and needed a hundred bucks to meet up that bill and I flicked you a text and you told me to get lost. Well, right now, I'm not helping you. God is not like that. He's not human. God doesn't weigh you up to decide whether or not to give you or whether to wait, let you wait it out. Like Sometimes it's amazing what we've been taught. Like, oh, well, when I say patience or it teaches us patience and stuff like that, it's not because God is there laughing and just sipping on his juice and, you know, just waiting, watching you suffer. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, that's enough. Here you go. That's not God. He's eager, willing to answer. How do we ask? It says, let him ask in faith, not doubting. When you believe God to bring a change, you need to connect your eyes away or shift your eyes away from the seeming distractions around you. Remember, Peter looked at the waves and he started to sink. That's not the time to, to, to fester on, on, on the actual betrayal or hurt or pain or disappointment. That's the time to shift your focus and see the goodness, the power of God, and remind yourself the times God came through for you. And that builds up your faith, and then you can stand in that moment of testing. Next thing, what voices do you listen to? At that time, who do you call? You'd only be as successful in the journey of life as the quality of people you have around yourself. You'll only be as wise as the wisdom of the people you have around yourself. You'll only be as faith-filled as the faith of the people you have around you to speak words of life and faith into you. That is not the time to call the doubting Thomases in your life. That is not the time to listen to the people who will tell you like, well, maybe not this time. Maybe next time. Will next time ever come? Why not stand this time and, you know, forge through? We talk about connect groups. Who do you have around you? Who do you turn to? Because the voices, check this, voices can switch off your faith faster than a blink of an eye. And the same voices can fire up your faith faster than you can even remember the problem. That sounds good. And it, some, you're like, yeah, okay, cool. So I'm going to go pull a team around and I'll make the best friends and I'll keep the best friends and I'll stick to the best family and just so my life can be good. But guess what? You need to be able to speak to yourself. If you look around you and there's no voices, what do you tell yourself? What are you feeding your spirit? What are you? Well, we all have voices in our heads. It's a question of what the voices are saying. The voice of faith can be built by feasting on, on, on the pages of Scripture. Every day, morning by morning. It's not, you're not in the military. Nobody just wants to tick, oh, you did it this morning, you did it next morning. But as you feed every day, you are building that internal voice that feeds your heart with faith in the testing times of life. What feeds are you scrolling through? Are you seeing things that cause your faith to leak off and seep away? Or are you seeing things? Are you seeing things that build faith in your heart? Once upon a time, I believe in 1 Samuel and 30, you don't need to go there. David came back from battle. He had won or battled, done battle with the Amalekites and all sorts of kites. And they got back to their home, and, and the Philistines, I believe, had come and wrecked their town, you know, destroyed their possessions. Most importantly, they had carted away their, their wives and their children. It was a low time in the life of David. He had come back from victory, 
with his army marching strong and they got to their home and there was nothing. Everything was gone. Bible says that even his warriors, even the mighty men of battle, in that moment of loss, in that moment of disappointment, they started talking between themselves. They were considering stoning David to death, their king. So there was no voices of positive and faith coming from them. You know what David did? Bible says David, that's right. David encouraged himself in the Lord. When you're in that hospital and the spouse, the baby, the sibling, whoever it is, the sickness is not going and it looks like there's no hope. I, will, will you encourage yourself in God? Bible says if your power fails you in the day of adversity, you're not strong, you're weak. Next thing, speak life to yourself and forge ahead. Just two more. We need to check the motives of our heart. Why do I want this thing? Is it for God's glory? Or is it for my pride? Hard conversations. This is not Sykes. Reality, hard conversations. And in that chair, I asked myself, well, God's will is always advancement. So I knew the house was his plan. And we were not giving up till the end. About the promotion and six-figure salary and all of that, I asked myself, why did I want that in the first place? It's good, yes. But deep within, I saw a link to how I've always wanted to provide our needs or my needs with the work of my hands. Somebody says, yeah, that's the general plan of life. Like, yeah, you work, you eat, you work, you take care of your family. But I'm talking something deeper where, yes, I would speak faith and, you know, tell God he's our source. But somewhere, the human in me still wanted to make things happen. And there was also the place of pride that, oh, in the shortest amount of time, I'm talking about a position that takes people 15 years to attain or more. Some never even get there. Work 30 years, retire, not even a principal, adv principal or advi principal advisor in, in, in government. And in two years in Wellington, I was staring at that position. And people, the, the hiring manager, people I knew in there were like, you're the one, just apply. Just put yourself in there and it will come through. People I'd worked with. And I did, suited up, interview, laughed, hugged, buddies, as good as done. And then the call comes in. And it's, sorry. But I, I knew that there was a part of me that wanted that position so I could boast. Yes, in God. But also there's a feel-good part where you're like, yeah, yeah. It's not easy to admit that to myself. And the fact I'm saying this now is even harder, but it's the truth. It's the truth. So that thing that came through for you and it didn't work the way you thought and it failed you or betrayed your trust or just got you sunk to the ground. Did you check why you wanted it in the first place? Because it might be God saying, look, obviously I know God enough to know that he has better ahead of me. And it's not just Sykes. I'm not psyching you or myself. It's a conviction. I know. As sure as a movie has an ending, I know it's a greater future. But in there, you might realize that's not God's plan. Paul said, three times I cried out to God, take away this weakness from my life. Save me from myself. Three times. The great apostle who raised the dead prayed, healed the sick. And he said, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I have a plan 
dude, chill out. I have a plan. And that's one of the greatest ways to come out, rise out of failure, rise out of disappointment, rise out of hurt. The conviction, God has a plan for my life. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet, please. I realize time is out on us, but... God wants to do a work in your life that requires you to sign your life away to him. If you can cross that, if you can say to Jesus and say to God, I trust you. My child might be sick. It might be a congenital thing. It might be a lifetime thing. Someone had a fall at our office the other day. Internal stairs fell down, hit her head. I'm talking about a director. And for the last seven or eight months, she hasn't been able to work. Can't even as much as look at a phone. The migraines. Killing. How do you go one day so brilliant, so good, all is going well and next minute you lose seemingly your career what you've built your life on but it requires to come out of that you must trust will your husband change ever will the beatings stop will the abuse stop will that child be saved can that child have a future even though she's gone and had a child at 13? Can we wake up tomorrow and start again? Please, with everything within me, yes. Yes, yes, yes to you, Jesus. Not because we're good in ourselves. But because our trust, we've picked it up and we've placed it on the one who is and who is able and who is love and who is light and who is kind and who is faithful and who is powerful. Chains broken right now. I see a turn around it's a flipping of the tables right now everyone who has always or known you forever knows about your violent and explosive anger if you will right now open your heart to him to come in whether you've never accepted him into your life or you have but that violence and anger hasn't fallen off. I'm talking to you right now. Open your heart. Let him do his work. Because what I see is strength in apparent weakness. Meaning you will no longer be known as the violent, angry one. But the tender, kind. People will look at you weird and cross-eyed. They'll, they'll wonder what has happened to you. But you know. And God has done it right now. If you're here, it's not about shame. This is family. If you're here, I just encourage you. Just come right out. If you're as confident as you are, you need that touch of God in your life. Just come right out. Remember I said it's not easy talk, but it's real. You've cried about it. You've hurt and disappointed yourself about it so many times. 
And for you, it's words. The words, the words, the words. Your words are like daggers. And you say it before you even know it's gone out, piercing the people you love the most. God is turning your tongue around in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father. Healing. I see something like a twisted back. A twisted back that has cut you out of, not only has it restricted your movement, but it's, it's kind of hurt your relationships because you're almost, you're always, you're not able to be around family or move around or be as active or, or to do the things you want to do. If you're here, the healing touch of God is straightening that back right now in Jesus' name. Right now. I'll lay my hands on you and believe your healing right now. Let's just worship. Thank you, Jesus. Masata kata kata balabobosha. Oh, Jesus. Hungry. Now through this room, right now, there's I see people trying to break out from pain, break out from loss. Remember I said at the start, people are going out of here with their eyes opened, yeah. with understanding, yeah. with faith and conviction that there's a change. But I sense there's a struggle. There's a battle in the spirit. I mean in, in your heart. And you're wondering, can this truly be over? Can this truly be gone? You have business to do with God. You have a conversation to have with Him. You have to open your heart. There's a touch. There's a touch in this place. If that is you, I want to encourage you. You see, coming out is is not is not a is not a report card for a preacher that oh wow your message was so good there were 200 people came came out front it might be for some but not for me because i understand god and how he works he's right here right now with each and every single one of you as though you were the only one in the room so when you step out, it's, it's a step of faith. It's a physical action to what you're believing. And it's a point of contact. I've been in meetings where I went around the room and laid hands on every single person in the auditorium. And I can. But I've also been in rooms where even unbeknownst, that is without my knowing, <laughs> Because I'm not doing anything, God is moving and touching. But it steps you out from the crowd and it boosts, it helps, it elevates your faith. And it opens you to receive that change and that touch. If there's a tug in your heart telling you it can't possibly be over, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. And you want to say, to that voice shut up I hear and believe the voice of God I'm not holding on to the reports of man but the voice and the report of God I encourage you step out right now 
someone here this week gone by you had a test done in hospital and it wasn't the first time you've run that test you ran the test some time has happened I don't know if there's been medication or treatment you've gone back for that test and it's come out the same and you're beginning to entertain you're, you're, you've talked to family and in your head you're telling yourself well I might just as the doctors have said I'll live with it forever come out right now because that report is turn, turning and turned around in the name of Jesus and you will run the test again tomorrow this week don't wait for the three months or the six months they've told you to go and come back go tomorrow it's done gone in the name of Jesus that the leaders and pastors please just come out and lay hands minister pray oh Jesus 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 strength come leaders. strength strength Jesus breakthrough Release, 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 release. Ba, 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 ba. Name of Jesus. Healing. Mended hearts. Mended hearts. Broken hearts. Come on, church. Stretch out your hand.